It's a film with three brains. 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 not-too-distant future, there will be no civilization. There will be no heroes. They say people don't believe in heroes anymore. Well, damn them. You and me, Max. We're gonna give them back their heroes. In the not-too-distant future, there will only be madmen and the main force patrol. Max is a main force officer trying to protect his family and stay alive. His only weapon, 600 horses of fuel-injected vengeance. Mad Max, the maximum force of the future. Welcome one and all, but mostly just the one, uh, to the film with three brains. It's Sam in San Francisco. And this is Sean in Chicago. And I am Cohen in Maplewood, New Jersey. All right, you sad sacks. Don't <laughs> whine, because tonight it's Mad Max from 1979. Oh. Um, <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> wow, intro line. I like Eminem over here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, all right. Mad Max. I don't remember this movie at all. I'd seen it, but I didn't remember any of it. I'm pretty sure I saw it. Unless I think of some other movie that I accidentally called Mad Max. <laughs> well, they're all kind of, you know, Mad Max. Yeah. They? Like all the other Mad Max movies? Yeah. Well, mm. except The Road Warrior. But even that is yeah. Mad Max. Mad yeah. Max 2. Which I think I saw, I remember um, The Road Warrior probably more than this. Yeah. Okay. When's the last time you guys saw this? Never. <laughs> oh yeah, really? Wow. Yeah, I I was unsure. I I've now seen Mad Max, Mad Max Two. I've never seen. I've never seen them all as of just today. But uh, <laughs> I had seen bits and pieces of both, and they're all kind of mashed together. Have you seen Thunderdome? I've definitely seen Thunderdome. And you see Fury Road? And I saw Fury Road last last yeah. year, a couple years ago, whatever it was. Whatever hell. I uh, I don't know. I can't remember the last time I saw Mad Max, but it was all pretty fresh in my memory. Like, it seems like I may have watched it within the last ten years. I just don't remember when that would have been. But watching it again, I was like, oh yeah, okay. None of this is a surprise. I remember almost all this. Do you know if it was overdubbed with American voices? I've never seen that version. Isn't that weird? Because I don't think they had it in the states until like two thousand or something, or unless I misread that i think you might have misread that well definitely it, it was released with overdub american voices right right why yeah. because the producers that, that thought that americans were too stupid to understand yeah. a thick australian accent that and we had to, oh, to hear winds windshield instead of windscreen we couldn't figure that out on our own <laughs> yes <laughs> well you're right that's probably a good thought um, no. Should I do a brief synopsis? Sure. Um, so I guess it's this, for this version, an underexplained dystopian future, near future, uh, 
with uh, Mad Max is a like I come the bronze of the the highway highway patrol. Um, this unexplained motorcycle gang that pretty much roughs up and everybody uh, steals, beats up things, and eventually uh, gets Mad Max personally, his family, and he sets out to uh, destroy them. That's it. Mm -hmm. um, I felt like watching this movie was kind of like looking at baby pictures. And that you'd look at a baby picture and be like, yeah, it's a baby. But then someone would be like, well, that baby grows up to be LeBron James. And you'd be like, well, that's okay, great. He turned out to be awesome, but it's just a baby picture. And so knowing that I love Fury Road, I felt like watching this <laughs> was like seeing that baby picture. Like, oh, I guess it grows into something a lot better. But, uh, <laughs> but this just was like, hmm. That's what, that was my take on it. I think it's weird to see him so serious, uh, meaning Mel Gibson. I mean, I know he's not like lethal weapon. He's not rigs and everything, but, you know, I just expected him to crack a joke every now and then, and he's totally serious. Yeah. yeah. I felt like the movie, it's called Mad Max, but it wasn't about him a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. That's like true. it was, it was strange. Yeah. Like, like I thought the first twelve minutes were great. Like the, the you know exciting chase and all this stuff, and then he gets on, and he you know he doesn't flinch, and then all of a sudden it's like he's not even really there very much or establishing who he is after that or doing anything for a long mm -hmm. time. It's like they're arresting someone. He's not even there for that they're getting revenge on his friends that you don't even know he's that close to except for maybe one of them <laughs> right. um so it just it just seemed like uh you know it wasn't until things got personal that that he really uh you know became part of the movie and then all of a sudden it's over yeah so yeah for for most of the movie he's just max he's not mad yes yeah. He's just regular Max. Even yeah. Keel Max. <laughs> yeah. Not, Wasn't Happy not, Max yeah. or Jovial Max. Right. <laughs> Although I think, I was thinking, at first I thought, He was yeah, Dad Max. He was Dad Max. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that Mad Max is supposed to be like mad as in loony? Because I think, I think it's supposed to be kind of both. Yeah, I'd say both. Like angry and kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. Like unhinged Max. Yeah, right. Pissed well, that's, and unhinged, Max. Didn't have quite the same ring to it. <laughs> yeah. But that's where they were going with him playing chicken at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then they don't really follow through with it. Yeah. He's just a really good driver or, you know, hunter driver, whatever you, whatever you're, they are supposed to do. I That whole thing is, is I mean, I know this whole thing is is sort of his backstory. Like, this whole thing is setting up the the franchise. I don't know if he set out to do that or if that just happened. But when it, when this movie ended, I thought, boy, I'm glad there's more movies because otherwise <laughs> this would be stupid. <laughs> I would imagine part of it is that he had a t tiny budget. He did. You know, like he's just 
you, you know, the, the, the Mad Max stuff, the stuff we're talking about in the last half hour, are probably the most expensive. They require the most time, the most people, the most money, none of which he really had. So part of the reason the middle feels like such fluff is probably because of that. I would imagine, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, think I, it, I think it being successful was probably a surprise to him <laughs> to a certain extent. <laughs> and then and then the Road Warrior is what Mad Max probably would have been if he'd have had the money and the time and the resources to do it the way he wanted to. The Road Warrior feels almost like a, a remake to a certain extent. Not a remake exactly, but sort of like the same film in the way he intended. Right. Well, you could Kinda. argue the whole franchise is like that. Right. <laughs> he keeps reworking it until he gets it right. Yeah. Which I don't mind. I don't think, I think and, there's you something know, new about him. It, it, when you read about it, it's like he didn't really intend Mad Max to be post-apocalyptic. He just needed a way to explain the fact that, like, they didn't have any extras. Uh, they they didn't have the money to, like, make any of the structures they were shooting in look decent. <laughs> mm. You know, and then it wasn't until he made The Road Warrior that he put the the prologue sort of showing scenes from Mad Max intercut with like war and, and, you know, apocalyptic imagery and explaining, you know, the fall society basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't aware that this is only a couple years in the future and, you know, it's still the seventies when they're making this and the oil crisis had been kind of recent for them. And that was part of what, you know, got them thinking Well, that and apparently witnessing a lot of accidents and, all that stuff. I'm sure we can talk about that later. But I mean, just the idea that there's such shortage. I mean, it, it's it it lends itself to being apocalyptic. But yeah. But yeah, it doesn't really. There's no one thing that happens. You know, like in almost every post-apocalyptic scene, there's you know, there's a nuclear war, there's a zombie apocalypse, there's something. There's a there's something that everyone looks to is like the before times and the after times. And then this one's kind of lacking that for better or worse. You know, it's just like, well, it's going this way. But I mean, the fact that there's really only one governmental agency still functional, which is the main force police, whatever that is, you know, and they're still, and they're having trouble even doing their job because of the court system and blah, 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 you know, like that little side story that they get into. Yeah. It's it's a you know it's fine but I mean it's like you said it's it's not really there's you know what 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 are we what what are we what do we what do we survive other than ourselves other than just lack of resources I guess that's enough it's just that it's not it, I I would have liked it if it was more specific about why the fuel was so important or why you know the roads were so important you know it just yeah. seemed like they were just marauding up and down the roads and and if you did too much of that you got in trouble and they hunted you down and got you off the road and that was that's pretty much the only problem that we're concerned with not hunger not anything you know i don't know whatever it's fine because it would have been too complicated for this type of movie but at some point you know it would have been nice to 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 see some some transition i guess the you you mentioned the prologue in the second movie Mm-hmm. And they the same thing. They sort of like show uh, clips of like World War Two, I think, or yeah, various wars, just sort of mm-hmm. footage that they could put together and you know smash conflict and 
war together and just, you know, just sort of give us an idea of what, how we got to this point. But yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think he just sort of went, well, I got to explain why this is, everything's so sparse. And I guess that's the best explanation is the world went to hell Mm -hmm. and that's it. So once you get on board with that, then you can just kind of move on forget about that stuff. Yeah. I didn't need it. I was like, that's fine. However we got here, we're here. I just want to see what's happening. (laughs) And the thing, yeah, to me, I would have like, would have much rather see him spend more time in the car. Like they, they reveal the awesome car, like 30 minutes in the movie. He doesn't, (laughs) he doesn't drive it until like 10 minutes before the movie ends, you know, like, yeah, to me, I was like, okay, this is, this is an action movie. And I get it. Like, you you know, you were mentioning, you know, his low budget, like he made this movie on $350,000. Which back then it was like, you know, they said one point roughly five million of today's money, um, which I mean it's a lot of money, but not a lot of money to make an action movie at all. So I I I, I guess I forgive him that. And um, but yeah, I mean the fact that it was successful and developed into something else, and he got to keep re- redeveloping is incredible. I liked, I, I mean, knowing, you know, having seen all the others, I liked all the little stuff that you're like, like seeing them um, steal the gasoline and, and uh, mm-hmm. use the pole vault pole to essentially yeah. get yeah. on the truck. I'm like, oh, that's going to come up again. You know, yeah. like, like there are all these little things that, <laughs> you know, just keep kind of, you just kept reworking the dream, but, it, you know, the little elements that became more and more important, uh, you know, the, the, using a chain to essentially lasso a car and all that stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, that, so. I think I, I th- I'm fascinated by just you mentioning that made me realize or not realize, but it made me thinking about like I, as a movie, Mad Max is pretty good. Like it's pretty good. I, I wasn't bored watching it. No, me but neither. what I find fascinating is how, how goddamn ambitious it is just in terms of what George Miller had to work with. Cause it, like these days I, when I think like, you know, this is an independent film. It's his first movie. He saved money working in a hospital to make it. It's all his own money. Well, he probably had some investors and stuff, but it's not like there's a studio involved. Australia didn't really have a studio system of any kind to speak of. And, um, all of that combined is pretty goddamn interesting. Cause these days when I think about independent film, especially low budget, you know, and predating, you know, when people are still shooting on film, you think of things like clerks, right? You know, Mm -hmm. which is just a simplistic sort of display of two dudes talking, you know, there's not a lot of ambition in that, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I mean, sure. It's funny, I guess, Uh, you know, it's more of a showcase for writing than anything and perhaps some performance, Although the performances and clerks aren't very good, but, and you know, I, I don't know. There's other movies like it that I'm sort of glossing over where, you know, a first sort of indie film is just like seeing a theater production almost. And this is not that, you know, and I give it credit for that because the scenes, the action scenes are when it really comes alive and it's pretty well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interestingly shot. You know, it's like, it's fairly exciting. The stunts are good. I just wish there was more of them, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, like I said, the first 12 minutes, the the adrenaline and the, the chase and what's going on, mm-hmm. it's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like, uh, you guys probably saw the little, 
thing that they didn't have permission, so they would just wait till the roads are empty and kind of <laughs> <laughs> right, right, shut them down themselves yeah. and film it. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty yeah. ballsy. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> you know. Yeah. The uh, so the first villain, uh, the Night Rider, mm-hmm. who keeps you know talking about himself. I like that. I like the you know he's sort oh of he's like, great. <laughs> but yeah. what I I didn't I I don't I may have missed something. But I was like, well, how did he get that car? Did he, he killed the he killed a cop right? Basically the. I think that was the implication. They don't they don't really say, I, do they? I read that and I was like, oh, is that what that was? I was like, why are they so pissed off at him right now? And then, and the that was a good explanation. I'm like, oh, that's that is one of the interceptors that they the cops yeah. are driving. So he killed the cop and stole the car. I mean, it could have been a long time ago. It could have been just they two say minutes ago. But one of the scenes they say that, don't they? Don't they say he I don't killed remember. a cop or a cop's been killed? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I what I found confusing though yeah. is like his ramblings while he's driving about the tow cutter. He's like, now the tow cutter will, no- will remember me, or like now the tow cutter will take notice, or blah blah. blah. Mm-hmm. And it, it it made you think that they didn't know each other. But then as soon as he's dead, it's like the tow cutter shows up with his whole gang, and they're like, our friend the night rider. You know, <laughs> like I don't right. know if it's just my brain trying to over organize, but that seemed almost like a continuity error. Like, did they know each other or not? I don't know if the, yeah, they could have been rivals in the same gang. They could have been two separate gangs, or he could have just been rogue. Right. It felt like the toe cutter had his gang. Yeah. And the Knight Rider was making a name for himself on his own, hmm. but but certainly wanted to impress the toe cutter. Yeah, but then they're like, our friend, our friend, our friend, you know, yeah. all taking it all very personally. Yeah. Damn it. And also, if you have a name like toe cutter like let's see some toes cut i mean right <laughs> right not one toe cut <laughs> no toes cut by no the toe cutter cut. <laughs> maybe that's why they cut fingers in the second movie <laughs> with the boomerang <laughs> anyway i won't talk too much about that one hmm i'm sure i go, what no nothing I read something about his the the actor i read something about his performance that i did not notice at all while watching, but apparently this is just in the in the trivia section. It says that in every scene he speaks in a different accent. Yeah, I, I didn't notice that at all. I did. I, I yeah. thought I, I he's. I think he, uh, the actor is British and Australian. I'm not sure if he's spent more time in one or the other. But yeah, I've been, I've definitely thought his diction was weird and and unsettling in a cool way. But I couldn't really place it. Yeah. Maybe that was the thing. Was and he said he did it because he thought it would make his character seem insane. Mm-hmm. I just wish I would have noticed or read that before I watched it. Yeah, in the beginning, I thought he almost sounded Irish. And then I was like, wait, no, he's not. He's sort of now it's in the middle or I don't know if it's South African or something. You know, it just who knows what he was doing. But he did. sound. I, I think it worked because it sounded he did sound nuts the whole time. As soon, yeah. as, as soon as he's on screen, I'm like, this guy is the wild card here. He's going to be that shit crazy. And then he plays the big baddie in Morton Joe and Fury Road. That was cool too. I don't yeah. think it's supposed to be the same character though, right? Not at all. No. Yeah. Oh wait, did he, does he die at the end of Mad Max? He does. The toe he, cutter? Oh, at the end of Mad Max? Uh, yeah. yeah, no, he gets run over and his eyes get real big. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, right. What was that about? I love like that. Like, every time someone gets run over, they cut to a close-up of those bulging eyes. It's like, is that the same eyes? 
I think it is the same. They use the same <laughs> set of eyes. They did it real quick when the Knight Rider got it. And then yeah. until Cutter gets it, it was like a long extended shot of his eyeballs bulging. It was almost too much. Mm-hmm. It was almost large Marge from Pee Wee's. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like this. <laughs> I love that scene. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how how fortuitous it is that um, George Miller ran into this guy, Byron Kennedy, it is residency, residency in Sydney. Is that what I read? Where is this? You guys know what I'm talking about? No. no. Um, so he was an ER doctor. George Miller mm-hmm. was an yes. ER doctor. You know that. And yeah. then he ran into this Byron Kennedy, and he was an aspiring filmmaker. And they were just they just started talking about this stuff. And I, it doesn't really say exactly how you know what what's the spark or how did they. You know, when did they decide to actually do it? They did something else first, right? They did something else, a short movie called uh, Stone, maybe? Or whatever. But, I mean, he had no... At that point, George Miller had no tie to, ties to the movie business. And Australian movies weren't known at all. I mean, they... um, You know, they just weren't taken seriously. And then they... And they didn't he have like a a single lens, like a thirty five millimeter yeah. lens? So he just started using, and that wasn't widely used in Australian film, which is a weird fact, I, I guess. I don't know. Just there's just a lot of serendipity around this whole thing, like you know, yeah. like how this came to be, how it made a name for not only them but you know the entire industry down there. Yeah. And the choice of him not to pick and like. I think it said somewhere he was going to get someone from Hollywood and get, you know, so he could get a worldwide audience and, you know, budget of course was I'm sure part of that, but, um, finding Mel Gibson and these other actors that could do it, do a good job and, and keep it kind of grounded in, in that place. I mean, cause I don't know why, why would you want American actors to do this? Well, just, just for marketing Maybe purposes. If they could afford someone, yeah, they get of the a name day. and people might go see me just because that person's in it. Butts in seats. I'm guilty of that. Yeah. 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 In what way? I will definitely go see a movie just because someone's in it or one person did it. Mm-hmm. Like a like a Tim Burton or what? what? Oh yeah, there were yeah. There's. I think you've yeah. mentioned that before. Yeah, so there's certain people you'd be like, yeah, I'll see it. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that's natural to have True. favorites. I can't imagine. I can't imagine Tom Cruise making a movie where I, where I'd be like, I'm not gonna see that. You know, like he knows how to put together a good movie. Like you might not like him as a person, sure. but anything he's gonna make, I'm gonna be interested in mm-hmm. just because I know that he's putting everything he's gotten into it every <laughs> yep. time. You know. <laughs> yeah. And then some people are just fun to watch, like. Like he kind of disappeared, but for a while, Clive Owen was just really fun to watch him, you know, I, like when, when, you know, or for Wes Anderson for a while and be like, mm-hmm. I don't care what he's going to put out. I'll watch it, you know, and I know you, you get sick of it after a while and he didn't, you know, he's, he's, but for a while I'd be like, okay, whatever they're going to do, I'm going to watch it. Sure. I used to feel you that know? way about the Coen brothers, but then they made a couple yep. of stinkers. Yeah. Like well, quite a mean, few in a, right in a row. And I was like, Hmm, what's happening here? <laughs> yeah, but, but how can you i mean you can't be 
you can't knock the ball out of the park every time you're back. I guess, but they were had they had, they had quite a streak going until the they, Lady yeah. Killers, and they had such a hot start too. Like you know, we yeah, we right. did Blunt Simple and and they were just on fire yeah. from the get go. Yeah, yep. they were so meticulous and they were so talented. That's why it becomes more confusing that they would have a dud. They're like, wait, whatever, you know, did they just have a? They were just bored and they were just didn't they <laughs> didn't try as hard on this one or I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's that way with books too. I mean, for a while, it didn't matter what Stephen King was going to come out with. You're going to read it. You know, a lot True. of people were. You know, I think in the Cullen Brothers case, and maybe some other of these examples too, like they were, they were too smart for their audience at times. You know, like they're, they some of the things they've made, like, I don't know, like a, a pick one at random, like a serious man, or there, there are so many references in their movies that. If if they're if they're too, you know, tricky about it, it's it just goes right over what he has had, and then people watch the movie and they're like, uh, okay, yeah. It's not. It's sometimes. I mean, I don't. I don't think all other movies have that aspect to them, but um, I, I don't know why we're talking about them in particular, but <laughs> <laughs> tangent alert. <laughs> yeah, but I think the point is that. No matter how good you are, it's impossible to have a perfect filmography. Nobody has one. I feel like Pixar is about as close as I can think of. Would you narrow that down to like John Lasseter or just... Well, John Lasseter, Andrew Stanton, and um, uh, 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 the third guy who I'm trying to think of his name escapes me. For a while, like, I thought... Right up until Brave, I thought every movie they did was a pretty close to a fucking masterpiece. Oh yeah, I didn't really mm-hmm. care for Brave, but then they came back and made a whole shitload of more just like really incredible films. And even the ones that aren't that great are still pretty fucking good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is true. Um, but but in terms of like live action directors, I don't know. Steven Spielberg used to be that, but then. I don't yeah, know. he was that for a really long time. A, a while back, he just started, I don't know, making movies I wasn't interested in anymore. What I like about George Miller is that he identified what he was good at, which is action. You know? <laughs> yeah, but he's all, he also made Babe. Uh, did he? You know? Well, Pig in the City. He directed Babe in the City. <laughs> yeah. And he did Happy Feet. And Happy Feet too. Like so that's George weird. Is, a, is a double <laughs> totally weird. I forgot we did, babe. You know what though? That's like maybe it's better that way. It's it like, is. I think it is. I'm gonna forget. You know, I'm gonna step away from everything I'm used to doing and do totally something different. You know, it's kind of like uh, we talked about um, uh, how how the um, Princess Bride was written. You know, hmm. that he he you know. He wrote other stuff, but he wrote this for his daughters. Just like, okay, I'll make you a, a fairy tale. You yeah. Know? Just yeah. went some totally different direction. Also, anyway. William Goldman is a fantastic screenwriter. Yeah. So I don't, I, I don't think yeah. it's luck that it was that he did a good job of it. But you're saying yeah. it was a kind of a passion project. Type. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's maybe maybe stepping outside your normal realm and doing a passion project is a way to. Th- it's the right way to do it. Oh, he did you know? Witches of Eastwick? 
Yeah. Huh. Oh, we did that too, didn't we? No. No, we haven't covered that. Oh, no, we did Death Becomes Her. Yeah. I get those two (laughs) movies confused in my brains for some reason. I just remember there's a lot of puke in Witches of Eastwick. Oh, yeah? I don't remember that. (laughs) Basically, all I remember from it. (laughs) There's puke everywhere. Oh. I was... All right, so... Sorry, I just wanted to briefly mention you reminded me of the the barfing scene in Triangle of Sadness. I don't know if you guys oh, have seen that. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Which would remind me very much of Stand By Me. Yeah. Yes. It may have one-upped it, though, because, I mean, the oh, ship yeah. and everything. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. Anyway, that's nothing to do with Mad Max. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone throws up in Mad Max. Is there any barfing? They should have. Yeah. Did all their own stunts. Um, anyway, you mentioned earlier about it, kind of the Australian movie market didn't really exist, at least globally. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, you know, there's, they're saying that this is, this is the movie that did it. Mm -hmm. Um, this movie grossed a hundred million worldwide back in that money back then. That's pretty impressive. It's incredibly impressive. It was the most profitable indie movie of all time until, um, until it was outgrossed by the Blair Witch Project. Wow. So that's unbelievable. Yeah. It really is. He also did Happy Feet. I mean, yeah. I don't love it, but a lot of people love that movie. Uh, (laughs) Or, you know, I mean, obviously kids love that movie, but I don't know. He did... He directed it and did he write it too i don't know yeah he co-wrote it produced and directed it. so he's got natural talent as a as a movie maker i mean oh yeah sure which is that's what i keep getting going back to him like how did he just stumble upon making movies i know he didn't stumble i'm sure there's more to it than that like we're we're talking about you know what mid 70s here before you know people really knew about movies in production or there wasn't that much to know there wasn't social media there wasn't you couldn't really find out about new filmmakers it, that as far as i know i don't know maybe there were industry magazines you could read or something but yeah there's magazines and i, I guess, guess it seems more books. dramatic because plenty yeah, of books books and then just watching movies and maybe it just seems like it came out of nowhere because he came from a small market and exploded and you know but still, I just... And he didn't I, appear I to have any kind of background in it at all. That's, yeah, that's why I can't get over it. I'm like, how did he know he wanted to do this? Or how did he come to it? I want to, yeah, I should read a, a book about his... <laughs> should read a his book. Path. I should read a book, man. <laughs> Period. <laughs> but I think we should focus on the action part of it because that is really what makes the yeah. Mad Max universe. Yeah. Mad oh, Max. and well, related. I, I will say earlier when we first started, I said I, I remembered it pretty well. There's one one aspect I did not remember quite so well, and I didn't remember how much time they spend on Max and his wife and his kid who's sometimes there, I guess. <laughs> yeah. There's just like all this shit's happening and they don't show the kid. No one's worried about the kid. No one's looking right. after the kid. Like to the point where she comes back from the beach and then she's like, where's my son? What are you talking about? You were just gone for like how many yeah. hours? Now you're worried? Anyway. I think that was a problem with the entire... It kept happening the whole movie. Like they would yeah. just leave each other or 
he'd, he'd wander off or they, they'd separate. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Aren't we being chased by? <laughs> right. Yeah. So anyway, I, I had forgotten that so much time was spent after Max basically leaves the police force and is out in the countryside with his wife and kid. Like, I forgot. That, that goes on for a while. I remember, I remember very clearly her going, to, her going to the beach and then being harassed and then running down the middle of the road like a fucking moron to get run over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did kind of think, like, if you kind of get away from someone on a motorcycle, what, what, the one place you wouldn't run is right down the middle of the road. Yeah. Get, get, go run across the field, some rough ground of some kind. Right. Yeah, after the first movie, they get away from roads quite a bit, you know? Yeah. Like in... Despite the title. Despite the title. <laughs> um, yeah, they're more... I mean, you're in the desert. Mm-hmm. Australia is full of desert, so... Why would you stay on the roads? There's no reason to be on the roads. It's not like... I mean, they're faster and safer, of course, but there's wreckage all over the roads, and there's people waiting to to grab yeah. you on the roads, so why yeah. would you drive around the roads? And then by Beyond the Thunderdome, they throw a train in there, and <laughs> the helicopter guy comes back, and it's, it's you know... Yeah. It's crazy, but... I, I, I will go on record saying that I really like Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. I, I enjoy the hell out of it. It's a little hokey, it's got it's got problems, but man, I enjoy it. So much fun. I haven't seen it so long. I yeah. barely remember it. I you mean, should watch it. It has some good, good concepts. Like so, he's he introduces a lot of like Master Blaster. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's very, very apocalyptic. Sort. Of. It, it seems like it should have been done before, but I don't know if it's if that was a kind of a new concept. But the you know the sands. Uh, that swallow people up. That's what got me when I was a kid. I was like, oh, I never go to the desert. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going <laughs> to go to the desert. <laughs> You're going to sink in there and someone's going to try to grab you and they're going to let go of your hand and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's got Tina Turner in it, which was kind of interesting. I don't, you know? Yeah. Interesting villain. If you want to call her a villain, she was the mayor of, Shit town, whatever. Big barter town. Barter town. Yeah, but it gets away from the formula of the. Oh yeah, the chase why, and the road. That's kind of why I like it, though. Yeah, it's it's good and bad. I mean, there's still some car shit, some chase scenes type stuff. That's still happening. Happens later. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and then there's Fury Road, which is just one long chase scene. Right. Yeah, but it's, and it's so awesome. fucking incredible, right? If, yeah, it seems it definitely seems like every movie George Miller's like, all right, this time I'm gonna get it right. <laughs> ah, fuck! All right, this time I'm gonna get it right. And then he did Fury Road. He's like, nailed it. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I've I've been waiting. I've been like, is he ever gonna do something again? You know, along this line. Because if there was ever a time to do it, it was like that time was like disappearing that window, and. And I, maybe it's not. Maybe he's like, I did it. I, like, it, you can't, you know, I got a perfect 10. What am I going to do? You know? <laughs> yeah. But I, so that's the thing is, is, you know, th- that Fury Road has like, like this mythology that you're in, in history that slowly being that you're, you know, you're getting glimpses into the world and learning about it, it bit by bit that, that the other ones that I remember just don't have in the same way. Yeah. You know, the, the, the lymphoma from, from, uh, 
you know, the chem chemicals that they get exposed to and spraying themselves with the chrome paint and, <laughs> you know, naming, naming their lymph nodes, you know, and putting the little <laughs> smiley faces on Like all this stuff is, there are so many little touches in that movie that help create the world that it's in. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And then, you know, the way the acting is everything. It's just, I, I saw that in the theater. I'm like, all right, can I just sit here and watch it again? <laughs> this is, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think for all it's, I mean, nonstop action and crazy stunts and the chasing and the, and all that adrenaline, it really is the backstory that dry, that really works. It really sets it apart because it does more with just setting, you know, creating that world. I think you just said most of this, but you know, the, the need for to breed, breed children and having this weird society. And, you know, they tell so much in such a short amount of time. And then, you know, very quickly, you're just, you're just sucked in like, okay, now she's escaping now. Now it's on there, you know, they're all coming together and, and all this stuff is happening, but you don't have to wonder about why they're, you know, whereas, well, that's, you know, that's Mad what's Nights. beautiful about it. Yeah. I mean, sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. I just, because the first it's, one had that flaw. It was like, well, what, how, how, what is this world about? And yeah, you're so you know, you're saying the, the, the first one's underexplained and the, the Fury Road though is 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 a great example of how to explain just barely enough mm -hmm. while while everything else is moving forward because you didn't have to you didn't have to have a cutaway to a past scene you didn't have to which a lot of tv shows now love to do to spend a half hour or 50 minutes a whole episode on saying what could have been hinted at or just said we know you're talking about the last of us you can just say it <laughs> yeah I mean, that's, that's, no it's it's not just that it's it's a okay. bunch of them um but that is the one i watched most recently like i didn't need it you know um but yeah it was, it was anyway. art, like the exposition is it was, artfully yeah done you didn't have to do voiceovers and or or you know all these things you know I shouldn't say voiceover narration. You didn't have to do any of those things. It's just, it's just like you you saw how they were living, and it gave you just enough clues that you could put it together. That okay, this is why this is why it is, and or how it is, and this is mm -hmm. the situation they're in. Yeah, I think a lot of filmmakers could benefit from that. Yeah, and you don't even have to wonder why. They're blindly following this guy. You know, they, you know, they, you believe it, you know, the, the way that their society is, you know, the way that they want to die on the road and, and have this glorious death. <laughs> and whereas like Mad Max or like the humongous in the second movie, like, yeah, okay. So he's a big, scary looking dude, but I mean, why are they all, you know, what, why are they all dying for him so willingly, you know? Yeah. And by Fury Road, it's like, oh, that's a good reason. You know, it just fits together better. I don't know. Hmm. Yes. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, uh, yeah, I was uh, switching gears to the music. Oh. And I, 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 I saw that Brian made composed the music and i was like oh 
What? Not uh, really? yeah, I know. Not, not the same, queen. Yeah. Not same Brian May. I, was, <laughs> I didn't realize that until today when I was reading up on it. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Boring. Boring. Well, I will say, having just seen the first two movies, that all the mistakes he did in the first movie, which is just over the top, too much dramatic. You know, the the, the music was off-putting, I think, because... Yeah. Like every scene had like three twists or turns in the music, and it's like whoa, 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 slow, just slow it down. Like you're just over, you're not keeping pace with the film, or you're over, yeah, you know, overreaching or something. But by the second movie, it was kind of a similar score, but it was like toned down. It fit, it fit better, and of course, there was a lot more action in the second movie, so it didn't stand out as much. Yeah, and that was also Brian May, so I think he learned a little bit too. Did you guys see the handgun that Bubba Zanetti had? No. I did not. It, it was a Mauser uh, C96. Oh, of course. <laughs> which, is that, if... Is that like the... Uh, um, exactly. The Han Solo gun? It is. It's hmm. the gun that the Han Solo gun was modeled after. And who had that? Uh, Bubba Zanetti. This, his, it. um, is that this boss? No, no, no it was, was second in command. Um, yeah. Well, toe, it was, yeah, Toe Cutter and then Johnny the Kid was. Oh, the you're lo- talking about the gang. The gang, yeah. Bubba in, or Baba, whatever his name was. Was Bubba the guy with the short blonde hair who never really said much of anything? He just in the gang? sullen. Yeah. I, I guess so. I've, I pictured yeah. him wearing, wearing a helmet, but I don't know. Um, he did have a helmet on. He had his helmet off when they were at the beach. Okay. Um, hmm. Did you notice? The, do you notice their Man Max's son playing with the gun in that one scene? Oh yeah. They don't address <laughs> it at all. And I thought for sure they, he was going to come out, go out at the door, and then come back in and grab it from the kid. Yeah. And be like, give me that. You know? Like I was right. like, what the heck? I noticed that yes. they had the ice cream. And he and she knees him in the, in the needs knees toe cutter in the nuts, and squishes ice cream on his face. And then the next scene, she's driving off, and the kid has ice cream in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. She's really quick, <laughs> and really doesn't want to disappoint her son. <laughs> Indeed. So. Yeah, I I mean, the music we talked about, the I think that I think my biggest nitpick with probably most of the franchise is the fact because it actually it's not a nitpick with this movie, so it's kind of cheating. But in the first movie, I I think it makes sense because the road is still like we're still not quite you know, we're not out of fuel. The society hasn't completely fallen apart yet. Right. There's still like a mechanic here. We'll kind of talk to people and reason things out. People are trying to help each other, sort of. Um, but by the second movie, all everyone, all anyone cares about is fuel. Yeah. So it's the mo- it's the most precious resource. It's all anyone cares about, and all they do is use fuel the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah. a flamethrower? I mean, come on. A flamethrower? <laughs> Do you know how much fuel that burns? I mean, come on. <laughs> I know it makes for a better movie experience, you know, things blowing up and like the Do you remember like the the entire compound that in the second movie? It's just 
they booby trap it, I guess, and it just is its giant fireball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which does not include the the fuel that they were taken off with and, and they were being chased for. Yeah. So they had still, anyway, that's what I'm saying. It's just, it's just odd that <laughs> they weren't sparing, sparing with their, you know, they weren't meticulous about how they used fuel or measuring fuel. <laughs> yeah. They didn't seem too concerned about wasting it. Right. Or just like going through it like crazy. Hmm. I mean, it's not, a, it's, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Well, yeah. I guess we don't have to answer the question if they should remake it. They did. <laughs> <laughs> they called it Waterworld. <laughs> <laughs> yes, which was my gripe about that movie too. Yeah. Like they're using <laughs> jet skis and fuel. And <laughs> uh. <laughs> At least you're consistent with your yeah. conservation yeah. of right. fuel and post apocalyptic worlds. That's right. I'm on record with that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so there, but there's another one, right? They're going to make Furiosa now, or they are making it. Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah. I I don't know if it's, is it in, is it being, is it being made? I thought they were just just like, are they just like talking about it? No, I mean, it's, it's official as far as. Oh, Oh, you're right. It's in post production. Next next year. Wow. Uh I guess on uh, Anna Anya, how do you say her name? Taylor Joy. Anya Taylor Joy. Is playing so no... Furiosa. Furiosa. Mm. No Mad Max at all, right? No, I think it's it's a prequel type thing, right? Right, yeah. It's her origin story. You would think after Fury Road was so well received and it was so damn good, and I mean, he cast Tom Hardy, who's a pretty big yeah. name, that they would make a, some another one with him. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, but then you have to kind of divide and conquer their storylines. It's it's tricky. What do you mean? Well, didn't didn't Tom Hardy? I mean, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen Fury Road, but spoil it. Just spoil it. He dies. They gotta go see it. He dies. Who dies? Tom Tom Hardy. He didn't die. Doesn't he? No. He's pretty he looked pretty dead. No. No. He just left. He just leaves yeah. town. Okay. Yeah. He just wanders yeah. off. I thought he was in pretty pretty bad shape, but Well sure. But he's Mad Max. You can't kill Mad Max. <laughs> Alright, so he's not dead. Okay, that's fine. No. But I mean if it if it is a prequel, then you have the problem of they are they just met in in Fury Road. Yeah. So you can't really they can't cross paths. Right. Not in a prequel, not in a Furioso prequel, but they could make a, a, a Fury Road sequel. Okay. And just continue from there. Yeah. And Furioso doesn't have to be in it at all. I mean, maybe she would be. I don't know. It'd be interesting if Mad Max had a partner. Mad Max and Furioso. <laughs> the only partner he ever had was his dog. His dog. I don't know. Chris Hemsworth. We'll see. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Oh boy. I don't know why, but you know that. Do you remember the scene where the the woman's singing in like the bar or wherever? Oh, or, yeah. She looked terribly familiar to me, and I I, I looked her up. I'm like, I don't know who the hell this is. Yeah, I, I've never seen her before. But some reason, something about her. I don't know. She reminded me of someone. I don't know. I had that feeling too. Yeah? Yeah. I wonder I wonder why. It's kind of been torturing me a little bit. <laughs> and if we we're talking about that 
and you know music that happens inside the film uh her his wife just randomly plays saxophone and then we're just gonna move on we're just oh here's a saxophone <laughs> i love that i love that before you see her playing saxophone you hear the saxophone so you just think it's part of the soundtrack and then it like it pans over and you're like oh no there's his wife playing she's the wailing saxophone. away on saxophone yeah. soulful <laughs> like, that's hilarious i thought like other movies that have saxophones and it should do that too <laughs> like, what's with the guy in the corner playing the saxophone <laughs> like, they could use that yeah. <laughs> hmm. All right, 2024. That's when fingers crossed. Furiosa comes out. Yeah. Okay. Oh, maybe I'm they'll. Uh, okay. Sorry. Maybe they'll. Maybe they'll have a crossover with the Chronicles of Riddick movies. <laughs> Since he's from a planet called Furion or Furia, <laughs> well, I don't remember what it was. No, he's I'm a Furion sure from Furia happen. or some fucking on the nose shit. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, probably not. From probably. the Furion Fords? Yeah. The Furion. <laughs> Uh, All right, so has Mad Max run its course? Yeah, it's done. Blow it up. What are we doing next? What are we doing next? Well, we're back to the mid mid to late 1980s. No, no, I think I'm going to switch gears to the 90s. Whoa. Yeah, 1997. I don't think... We've done a John Woo movie, have we? Are we doing mm. a face-off? Oh, we are. Yeah, you got it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> doing face-off. Of course we're doing face-off. Uh, that's funny. If I'm going to pick a movie by John, by John Woo, I mean, it's going to be face-off. I don't, right, well, think, I don't think we've done John Woo. I don't think so. No. We haven't done hard-boiled. We're better tomorrow. Those are good ones. They're fine. (laughs) (laughs) But they're not face-off. No. Face slash off, right? Yeah. Face off. I'm sure we can. That's good. You can get your Nicolas Cage in. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Indeed. Yeah, I I mean, that's... I, I, I will save this, but... I gotta know what the, what the the slash is all about. The <laughs> face slash off. Should I know that already? I probably should know this. Well, well, we'll, I mean, we'll get into it. Okay, I'm just saying uh, all all titles are most titles are puns in a way, right? All most most Se- seems like a lot of really? horror movies just are one word titles, so they don't have to do anything with. They just need to be like, you know, fear or fucking, you know, whatever. But I mean, two-word titles are supposed to be puns in some way, right? Have a deeper meaning. They are. That's right. what they say in, they do. in the in in Hollywood. Who's, who who who's says they? that? Who in Hollywood? Who's, who wrote the uh, the cat book? Schrodinger. He says that. No, no, no. 
Somewhere I've read that. Yeah. <laughs> Schrodinger's cat. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> no. 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 How to save, save the cat. Save the cat. Save the oh, cat. oh. <laughs> the book about screenwriting. It tells you how to beats and stuff. Maybe I didn't. Maybe it wasn't yeah. that. But somewhere it says, you know, that whether whether you're whether intentional or just coincidence, many many movies have puns in the title. You know, a, you know, a hidden meaning. Sure. Like a double meaning. Yeah. Uh, like Forrest Gump. Nick of Time, or yeah, F- Forrest Gump. <laughs> Goodwill good Hunting. Goodwill Hunting, yeah. So Face Off, I understand, is them facing off, like a Mexican standoff, and taking the face off. Right. But what the hell's with the slash? Why the slash? They all want right. to... All right, we'll get into we'll, that. We'll, I'm just drumming up interest for the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it because they, in essence, take their faces off? They yes, also they slash their face faces off. each other as enemies. Yes, it's I've a face off. It's the punctuation with, uh, that's throwing uh, me off. Yeah. Well, well you know yeah. what, dear uh, good listeners, if you have theories and would like to advance them to us in an before the episode, Ooh. it's the 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 film with three brains at gmail.com. Please email us your theories on the titling punctuation of face off and we'll get into it. Yes. I would appreciate that. All right. <laughs> All right. Just so we know what we're getting into. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to look up, you know, the, this, this, this theory that, that, oh, are um, you? okay. That, About yeah, the puns you know, and... that, that things have, have hidden, puns hidden meaning in the title, double meanings. Yes. yes. You know, like dark night. You know, like right. K N I G or N I G H. The nightly news. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so face off. Someone's like, "I'd like to take his face off," but then someone else just quips in, "What an over-the-top masterpiece of absurdism that movie is!" <laughs> I effing love it. Of course, <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and that yeah. can only be you who wrote that. <laughs> I know this is such a coin pick. <laughs> You can see it free on Pluto. I think it's on. It's included on Prime too. Oh, Prime! I'll watch it there. I think. I thought I read that. Thought I read that somewheres. What's shocking is that I don't own it. Did you guys watch Mad Max on? I watched it on Paramount. I think that was one way to watch it. It was on Amazon. Yeah, I watched it on Amazon as well. I think. Mm. Oh, speaking of Mad Max, I think it's crazy that there's no negative exists anymore. Really. Yeah, there's no no negatives exist of it. Uh, all the transfers were made from like second and third generation prints, which is why it looks terrible. Hmm. What happened? I don't know. I think um, they weren't stored properly or something, and they deteriorated. Oh. And just sort of like disintegrated, basically. Which is unfortunate. It is unfortunate. Now, oh, well. What can you do? You can support the Film Restoration Society or whatever the hell that place is called. Film. <laughs> I'm just making shit up now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here we go. Here's here's one to support you. Trading places. Mm-hmm. It's a place where people do trades. Oh. Or it's two people swapping mm-hmm. spots. Look at yeah. that. Uh, uh, that one example proves the rule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Clearly. I think it's just so that you want you want the title to grab them and and seem more clever than it I think, really is. 
I think Cliffhanger really missed <laughs> an opportunity. I think Sylvester Stallone's name should have been Cliff. <laughs> <laughs> they just they missed it, man. Fools. <laughs> Fucking fools. His name was Gabe. <sighs> Clifford. <laughs> Clifford. <laughs> well, the thing I don't like about cliffhangers is that they just... Nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, on that note, that's enough movie buff. I'm out. All right. Yep, I am out of fuel. But this was our best review ever. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Okay. Yeah, no shortage of fool. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's shut it down. Yeah, let's let's wrap it up. I've got gas. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. Got gas.